0: hey guys just before we get started i wanted to kind of put a swear warning because i realize i do in fact swear a lot and i just kind of want to make sure if any kitties are listening that uh, you should probably stop now if unless you're a mature child and also i'd like to say uh sorry mom (laughs) let's get started with the episode hey guys welcome back to the long mishireen podcast i'm aiden i'm your host for this podcast um happy mother's day I hope uh, everyone is treating their moms right. And speaking of Mother's Day, guess who I have with me? <laughs> Hi, I'm Aiden's mom. <laughs> I brought my mom today for our recording. Um, she. I've, are you excited to do this with me? Absolutely. <laughs> That sounds so fake. Okay, so I wanted to bring my mom on this podcast for quite a while, and she agreed to do it as long as I could find a topic for us to talk about. So I chose a Diana, Princess of Wales. Um, I chose her because uh, I wanted something that we'd both be able to talk about I mean, she was alive the entire time Diana was princess of Wales. I was not. Diana died in 1997. I was born in 2001 So I have less firsthand knowledge mom pretty much watched her become princess of Wales as she was growing up So I feel like uh, she might have better insight Uh, What do you remember about Diana like growing up? Do you remember seeing her on TV and stuff like that? I remember a bit of the lead
1: up to the wedding and then the wedding, of course, and then, of course, the boys being uh, born um, and little tidbits of their life throughout that. Um, we actually had in uh, junior high, there was a, a girl that was in my class, actually twins, uh, that were obsessed with the royal family. So I heard a lot of information from them. So they were sort of the modern-day... Um, I guess, Twitter or... They
0: were the modern-day
1: Twitter? Whatever, but... That's really good. They were, like, totally fangirling uh, the royal family uh, at that time when it wasn't something that, I guess, probably was overly cool for a teenage kid to do, um, but uh, nonetheless interesting. Uh, so I got a lot of information that way, and then as an adult, of course, um, I think she had passed away when I was... an in my early 20s so yeah, it was the same
0: year you met dad
1: yeah I remember actually being in our apartment and having the tv on and it come on and I was shocked that it happened and just there's a couple of times in your life that you remember things like that and that that was one of them besides the uh um, the crocodile hunter was the other one yeah. <laughs> that impacted my life? Yeah. Uh,
0: when he died, guys, uh, we literally have a doll in our basement of Steve Irwin. I'm not even joking. Mom loved him. Um, so yeah, you know, a couple times in history that
1: when things happen, you remember where you were. Like the other one for me would have been. Um, Nine eleven. I remember mm-hmm. exactly where I was but yeah,
0: you, you were like eight months eight nine months born with
1: me yeah you were born like the next month or yeah. whatever but anyway <laughs> so yeah that was one of the times that I completely remember exactly where I was at that time uh so quite impactful oh,
0: but yeah. oh okay well um I think we should uh get started um I'm excited to start all right let's go Okay, so uh, Diana was born on uh, July 1st, 1969 at Park House in the town of Sang- Sandringham. That's how you pronounce it, isn't it? And which is, it's like the east, uh, northeast coast of England. It's like this coastal town. It's very pretty. And uh, since she was born on July 1st, makes her a Cancer. And, you know, as I do, I searched up the personality traits of her zodiac sign. So they're uh, deeply intuitive, sentimental. Uh, cancers can be one of the most challenging zodiac signs to get to you know. They are very emotional, sensitive, and care deeply about the manners of family and their home. Um, cancer can be sympathetic and attached people. I'm, guys, I'm sorry if you can hear all the background noise. We're recording in my basement, so, uh, you, you'll probably be able to hear all the noises in my house, but to be fair, I couldn't fit my mother in my closet with me, so, which is where I usually record. Um, so, do you feel like that sounds like Diana? Like- yeah, actually, very in
1: tune with her family and and sensitive, and
0: yeah, that sounds right. Um, Okay, so one of the misconceptions I just kind of want to get right out of the way is Diana's family. So, like, I find, like, a lot of modern people, like, people my age think of Diana as, like, a commoner princess. Like, she just, like, came out of nowhere from, like, a middle-class family like uh, Kate Middleton or something like that. But she was actually a part of the Spencer family, uh, which they were blue-blooded aristocrats, like, all the way back. To, like, Henry VIII's time. Like, that's how far they had been tied up with the royal family at this point. In fact, actually, one of her grandmothers was waiting, waiting to uh, Queen Elizabeth. Wow. Did um her father was a Viscount, which is usually, most Viscounts are, like, the sons of, like, people with titles already, so, like, Diana's grandfather was Earl Spencer, mm-hmm. and her father was a Viscount waiting for his title mm-hmm. to be passed uh, down to him, and her mother had, was actually the daughter of a baron, so her blood was all aristocratic, like, there was nothing commoner about her, it's just, like, at this time, being an aristocrat wasn't really, like, you were just, like, a rich person, like, there wasn't, like, a lot of people didn't really have the same respect that you would have had for an aristocrat, like, 50 years before Diana was born. Mm -hmm. Actually, uh, fun fact, Diana was actually named after a lady in her family, all the way back, like, a great aunt named uh, Diana, who almost became Princess of Wales. She almost Mm. married a Prince of Wales, which is kind of ironic, it's like they knew. Mm. (laughs) Um... Okay, so uh, Diana's childhood. Now, this is going to be sad, and as you're going to find with uh, most of uh, Diana's life, it's pretty sad. So when Diana was born, she was kind of a disappointment, (laughs) Uh, which sounds mean, but I'm going to tell you why. So her parents had been trying for quite a while. Her parents were uh, John uh, Viscount uh, Elthorpe, and her mother was uh, Frances. They had been trying for quite a while, since they had been married in 1954, to have a son and heir for the Spencer Earldom. Uh, but so far, they had only had Diana's older sisters, Sarah and Jane, and a son the year before Diana was born named John, who died. Uh, The stress of trying to have a boy kind of broke down their marriage Uh, really bad, like, it was really bad. They did end up having a healthy boy in 1964, which is Diana's uh, little brother, Charles. Um... But honestly, by then, it was way too late for that. They hated each other. Mm. Diana remembers... I uh, I watched a documentary on Netflix for mm. this uh, episode, and uh, Diana remembers her father uh, slapping her mother in the face. Mm. And she was hiding behind a door when she saw it, and she knew that their marriage was over. Yeah. Um, in 1967, her parents separated, um, and Diana's mother ran off with a guy who was the heir to a wallpaper fortune. girls gotta do what a girl's gotta do yeah so she ran off with uh that guy and her parents fought like the most brutal custody battle over her her sisters and her little brother Uh, diana's father won the custody battle and after that diana didn't really get to see much of her mother when she was a really little kid but they did rekindle their relationship a lot uh, later when diana would uh, get married (sighs) that's good Um, From then, uh, Diana grew up at her birthplace, Park House. She wasn't born in a hospital. Like I said, most people, especially aristocratic children, weren't born in hospitals. They were born at their house. And Park House was on the estate of Sandringham, which the royal family owned, and they rented it from the royal family. Uh, When Diana was little, she was actually a playmate of Prince Andrew and Prince Edward, the Queen's youngest sons. Like, they knew the royal family. Like, they weren't, like, adjacent uh, so, she actually knew her future husband Charles when she was a little kid. Like, they didn't really know each other. She was kind of like uh, my little brother's annoying be- little best friend. Like, it was kind of like that. Like, it, how it would be if Thomas, my little brother, had a annoying little best friend like he normally does. <laughs> Sorry, that's mean. I love my brother. <laughs> um, in the mid 70s, uh, Diana's grandfather actually ended up passing away. So, uh, Diana's father became the eighth Earl Spencer. Uh, and her father also ended up getting remarried in the uh in this uh same year, I believe it was nineteen seventy six, and uh she he married this lady named uh Rain, Countess of Dartmouth. I've seen two different things. It was either Countess of Dartmouth or uh it was another D word. I don't know why. I'm just gonna say Dartmouth. I hate like Dartmouth. I used to live in Dartmouth. Yeah. <laughs> Um, apparently, according to Diana, she was the equivalent of the most evil stepmom ever. Diana and her brother actually nicknamed their stepmother Acid Rain. Get it? Because her name was Rain. Um, Diana was then promoted to Lady Diana Spencer because her father was now an earl, and that's the title you get as a daughter of an earl, and I'm sure her brother was promoted to Viscount because he was the son, like I explained, of an earl. Mm -hmm. Um... And they all moved to the nice estate of Althorpe, which I have a picture of here Mm -hmm. for you to look at. It's a very nice estate. I actually, there's a documentary on Netflix, you guys. I don't know if it's going to be on everyone's Netflix, but it's on uh, our Netflix here in Canada. uh, Actually, of the estate, and it's hosted by Diana's brother, Mm -hmm. who actually, he curates his house, and he opens it up as a museum, like, every year for people to come and see. Um, Oh, crap. Sorry, guys. Um, Okay, so let's talk about Diana's education. Uh, Diana's academic career wasn't really very (laughs) remarkable. Uh, She was obviously given the finest education as the daughter of an aristocrat. She was tutored at home until she was uh, nine, and then she was sent to uh, kind of like a finishing school, I guess it was. Uh, Riddlesworth Hall in uh, Norfolk. Um, One of her best moments of academic distinction, according to uh, People magazine, was when she won an award for taking especially good care of her guinea pig peanuts at the age of 12. (laughs) It's called Riddlesworth Hall? Yeah, Riddlesworth Hall. That's something
1: out of Harry Potter.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it is England. Uh, Diana, and then after that, Diana began attending the exclusive, uh, West Heath School in, uh, Seven Oaks in Kent, where she developed a passion for ballet, and I've seen there's these lovely Polaroids that they show in, uh, the documentary I watched about her, mm-hmm. of her, like, in her ballet shoes, and she really loved ballet, like, it was one of her best passions when she became, a uh, Princess of Wales, she actually, like, championed a lot of, I believe she championed the London School of Ballet, and she paid for a lot of stuff there, <laughs> a lot of people didn't... I believe the Queen actually didn't like her championing because she thought it was, like, a waste of, like, time to, uh, support a ballet school. Um, she was super artistic, like, she wasn't a very academic kid, and she actually failed her O-levels twice, which is kind of like, uh, we don't have, like, any standardized testing here in Canada, but I guess it's the equivalent of the SATs in England, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Uh, Diana actually became bored of school, and she dropped out of West Heath when she was 16. Uh, her father then, to try and get her to do more schooling, sent her to a Swiss, Swiss finishing school called Chateau de I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I'm sorry, French people. <laughs> she became homesick within a few months and returned to <laughs> Norfolk. For a while, she hired herself out as a cleaning woman, eventually finding work as a kindergartner's aide. Um, her father ended up buying her a three-bedroom uh, flat not far from the fashionable uh, Sloan Street and Knightsbridge. Um, I looked it up. It's actually like, a v- it was a very trendy place in London mm-hmm. in the late 70s, and uh Diana helped her uh, three roommates with housekeeping and cooking duties, which is uh, cool of her. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I actually realized there are, like, two Charles in this story because Diana has a brother named Charles. And she ends up marrying a guy named Charles. So uh, we're going to refer to her husband as Prince Charles. And when her brother comes up again, which he will, uh, we'll just refer to him as... Actually, when the next time he comes up, he becomes Earl Spencer, so we'll just call him Charles Earl Spencer. Um, Okay, so I want to talk about Diana's courtship uh, with her eventual husband, Prince Charles. So like I said before, Charles and Diana had known each other pretty much all their lives The Spencer's had been tied up with his family forever, uh, but Charles didn't really have much interest in Diana at the start. In fact, Charles actually dated Diana's older sister, Sarah, (laughs) for a little while because they were way similar in age, I believe. Sarah was born in, uh, sometime in the late 50s, I think? I'm I'm not quite sure. I probably should have looked up her birthday. Um, they did eventually break up. Actually, Sarah ended up introducing, uh, her and Charles together. Uh, when Sarah and Charles broke up, (laughs) Sarah said, uh, she wouldn't have married him if he was a dustman or the king of England, which is... Mic drop. Good job, Sarah. Uh, Because uh, at this time, like, everyone was like, oh my god, who's Charles gonna marry? Who's he gonna marry? He was... It was huge. Um, Sarah introduced uh, Diana and Charles when Diana was 16, um, and he was 29. He was about 12 years older than her, and I remember this. He got invited to their estate, I think, for, like, hunting or something, and uh, Charles asked Diana to show him the portrait gallery at Althorp because it's one of the finest portrait galleries in the world. And um, Diana was kind of, like, really confused because she was like, why would someone like Charles, like, want to talk to me? Like, I'm this, like, 16-year-old nobody and he's Prince of Wales. Like, what does uh, he want from me? Um, <laughs> they didn't actually start like, actually, like, getting serious until Diana was, like, 18 in and 1980, and once this happened, the press was all over it, and, uh, because of this, uh, Charles's father, Prince, uh, Philip was, when he heard about this, he was like, you either break off this relationship or you do something about it, and Charles was like, oh, do something about it. Okay, I'll propose to her, and that's exactly what he did. He proposed to her at Windsor uh, Castle, um, and Diana thought it was a joke. She was like, You're, "You want you want to marry me? Are you, are you sure?" Uh, she actually did end up uh, accepting. Uh, but before this, uh, she was bombarded a lot by cameras. I've seen there's, like, this early footage of the press following her from her kindergarten teaching job. Yeah, I remember seeing that, too. And it's like, she's like, I can't talk about it. And they're like, oh, come on. Come on, you can talk about it. You can talk about it. Charles said we don't have to wait very long mm-hmm. for an announcement. She was like, mm-hmm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... They ended up announcing their engagement in February of uh 1981, and this was a huge deal for a lot of reasons. So like I said, Charles had been a bachelor for a lot. He was in his 30s mm-hmm. by the time this happened. I believe he was about uh 32-ish, um, and he was the most eligible bachelor like in the whole world. He was rich and handsome, I guess. I don't know. I mean, did you really find Charles that handsome back mm-hmm. then? Eh, yeah, okay. I mean, you were like 7 yeah. <laughs> in nineteen. 19- 81. Um, and he was the next king of England, um, and he'd had a couple of girlfriends, like nothing serious, like Sarah and Camilla, but we'll talk about her later. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nothing came of it, so when the press saw that he was uh, going out with Diana, they were so excited, uh, as they should be, of course, but they took it a bit too far, to say the least, and we're gonna talk about that later. Um... The press for their engagement actually started pretty quickly after they announced it. Uh, I've seen their engagement interview, Um, and they do this all the time with royal couples. Uh, Nowadays, I've seen the one with William and Kate. You can see the one with Harry and Meghan. Uh, Modernly, and if you look at this interview, um, there were a lot of red flags, like, right at the start. Because... Boy, is this interview awkward. Uh, Diana was 19 when she got engaged to uh, Charles. Wow. And I'm almost 19, so that's weird for me. I don't plan on getting married next year. Um, Every time Charles, like, touches, like, Diana in this thing, like, he has, there's this one part where they're, like, posing for a photo and he's, like, got his hands on her shoulders and she, like, kind of, like, is like, oh, don't touch me. I'm like, this should have been a red flag. (sighs) Um, worst of all, when the interviewer actually asked Diana and Charles if they were in love, Diana thought in her head she talked about this. She was like, oh, well, of course. And she said, well, of course, to the interviewer. Mm. And Charles said, whatever in love means. Oh. That was his answer. Oh, dear. Uh, and Diana was really thrown off about this. Like, she talked about it. She's like, whatever in love means. What does that mean? Mm. <laughs> and he said this to her face. In front of cameras! (laughs) Anyway, after this, uh, Diana and Charles actually did their first public engagement together. I believe it was at an opera house. I believe it was at the London Opera House. They went to go see an opera or something together. And it was where Diana made her first impression with fashion. Now we know Diana to be a fashionable lady. Mm -hmm. Uh, The dress she wore was a black dress that kind of had a plunging neckline. And uh, black is usually reserved for funerals in the royal family, which... Uh, was weird at this party. And at this party, Diana actually met Princess Grace of Monaco, who basically walked so Diana could run. Um, (laughs) Princess Grace, I hope to do an episode on her, because she's very fascinating. She was an American movie star who ended up marrying the Prince of Monaco. Right. So she went from riches to more riches. Mm -hmm. And she basically did what Diana did, like, all the way back in the 50s. Um, And she actually... uh, Diana was really nervous to meet Grace because she was just, like, this big celebrity and, like, she had probably, like, seen her movies when she was a kid, because I believe, I believe Grace won an Oscar before she went on to be uh, Princess Grace. Uh, Princess Grace actually comforted Diana during the whole idea because Diana thought she was gonna throw up for this whole uh, event. Actually, uh, back to the dress, uh, it was very scand- scandalous um, and Diana... She wasn't a very heavy girl, like, she was probably, like, 150 pounds, and because she was 19, like, she's not gonna go on a diet, and I remember Diana talking about, like, the day before, when when they were about to leave, Charles saw the dress, he's like, you're not gonna wear that, are you? And she's wow. like, yeah, and he, like, grabbed her waist, and she was like, oh, a little chubby here, aren't we? I was like, she's 19! Mm-hmm. What, what, uh allegiance does she have to you to lose weight.
1: Yeah.
0: But we're gonna talk about that because she does end up losing a lot of weight before the wedding. Um, so, speaking of their wedding, the anticipation for this wedding was huge. And, uh, Diana's dress was a huge topic of conversation. It was very kept under wraps. It was like a CIA secret about what she was gonna wear. Uh, Diana actually went several times to have her dress altered and this was because Diana was suffering from an eating disorder Mm. called bulimia. Mm -hmm. Um, She lost a ton of weight before the wedding. Uh, Her dress actually had to be altered 15 times because she lost so much weight. Um, And finally, on July 29th, only 28 days after she turned 20 years old, Mm. uh, Charles and Diana got married at St. Paul's uh, Cathedral, which is uh, actually the same cathedral that Catherine of Aragon and Prince Arthur got uh, married at. Episodes four and three. Go and listen to them. Um... It's a very beautiful cathedral. Um, Diana remembers at her wedding day being very happy. She thought she was in love, because, like, why wouldn't she think that? Um, But she would later describe it as the worst day of her life. (laughs) Um, A wedding venue, uh, St. Paul's Cathedral, was chosen specifically because it was large enough to accommodate the mass crowds. Uh, Normally, royals get married at Westminster Abbey. But, uh, there just wasn't enough room for, like, all the invited guests and all the people that were, like, gonna sit out and, uh, watch. It was actually watched by a worldwide audience of about, uh, 750 million people. Did you, uh, watch the wedding on TV? I'm Do not you remember? Sure. I'm not sure if I did. Maybe. Because, like, I watched, I remember when, uh, William and Kate got married, I was, I was about nine, mm-hmm. and I remember, like,
1: yeah. vividly watching that, yeah. their wedding on well, TV. Well, would have been, what, seven? Yeah,
0: about seven. Yeah, I, I, I figured remember. you might have. <laughs> um... Okay, so, uh, speaking of, uh, Diana's dress, uh, it was so pretty. It actually reminds me of your wedding dress, even though you guys got married, like, 16 years apart in very different eras. You got married in the late 90s. Poofy arms. Yeah, the poofy arms, the big skirt, stuff like that, except you rented your wedding dress and Mm -hmm. she paid millions of dollars for her wedding dress. Well, I didn't have millions of dollars, No. (laughs) You guys went honeymooning in your own province. We did. Keep it local, people. (laughs) Okay, so the dress was actually made by two designers who worked for Alexander McQueen. Uh, It had big puffy sleeves. It had the longest train of any royal bride to ever royal bride. Uh, It was about 25 feet. (laughs) And uh, her dress was made out of taffeta which, uh, I don't know if you've ever worn taffeta, but it's a very wrinkly sort of fabric. And because of the mass of Diana's dress, when she got out of the carriage, you could tell that her dress was all wrinkly, and she, like, tried to smooth it out. And actually, the night before the wedding, uh, she... No, it was the morning before the wedding. She spilled perfume on her dress. And there was, like, this little stain. And you can see in the footage she's, like, holding her hand on on her skirt. And I didn't know that was because she had (laughs) spilled um, perfume on her dress. Uh, She also wore the Spencer tiara, which is a family tiara that... um, Uh, Her father had given her for uh, the wedding. It was this beautiful tiara. I don't really know if the royal family still has it. Or the Spencer family owns it these days. I should have probably looked that up. Um, After the wedding with all the church stuff. I don't know what happens at weddings. I've never been married. I've barely. I went to a redneck wedding once. But I don't really know if that's the same thing. Um, (laughs) They actually forgot to kiss at the altar. Which is like something you do. Uh, So. Uh, when they did their vows, so when they came out of the balcony on Buckingham Palace, and by the way, the balcony hadn't always been there, like, it got built by, like, um, I believe it got built by Queen Victoria, and, like, the royal family didn't start using it until Queen Elizabeth's father, George VI, that -hmm. was when they started uh, really using it, they kissed on the balcony, and they started the kissing on the balcony trend after, Mm -hmm. uh, weddings, which is, uh, cool of them. Mm -hmm. Alright, so, Camilla Parker Bowles. I told you we were gonna talk about her. Dun dun dun. <laughs> yeah, dun dun da. Okay, so, uh, despite all the fairy tale wedding stuff, there was kind of a dark spot, and that dark spot was Camilla Parker Bowles. Uh, she and Charles had dated in the mid-70s, I think, for, like, a year, maybe two years, and they were, like, head over heels and frickin' love. Um, but both of their parents had decided Camilla wasn't exactly the right bride for Charles. Uh, apparently... They had this, like, obsession when Charles was getting married for his bride to be a virgin. and
1: Yeah, I wonder where that came from.
0: Yeah, and Diana was probably definitely, because she was 19, she'd never had a boyfriend before. But uh, Camilla was very different. She had had boyfriends before, so they were pretty sure she wasn't a virgin. Uh, So Camilla was actually married off to that boyfriend, Andrew Parker Bowles. Uh, But Charles and Camilla were still, like, absolutely in love with it. In the public, they were... Just close friends who sent each other gifts and (laughs) were really chummy. Um, and that's exactly what Charles told Diana, but he was lying. He even invited Camilla to the goddamn wedding. You can see as she's, as Diana's walking down the aisle, you can see Camilla in the back. I believe with, I believe Camilla was there with her son because I think she had kids with her husband. I'm not quite sure. Probably should have looked that up. I'm sorry. I'm not very, as well researched as I like to be. Um, so that was awkward. Um, like I said, Charles sent gifts to Camilla constantly. I, I remember this uh, story from the documentary that Diana was talking about. I'm not quite sure if this was before or after the wedding. Um, Charles had this bracelet made for Camilla and he had it in his office and Diana came in and she's like, oh, what's this? And he's like, oh, you don't want to look in there. And she was like, yes, I do. And she opened it. And she was like, oh, is this for me? And he's like, no. <laughs> and uh, one of Charles's aides, I think, was like, yeah, he's going to give it to her tonight. And Diana, like, they had this huge argument about it. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, on their uh, honeymoon, they uh, went on this boat first. I believe it was one of the royal yachts or something like that. And uh, Diana was looking at Charles's cufflinks. Mm-hmm. And he had these cufflinks that had C and C on it. And he was like, oh, it's for Charles. It's totally not for Camilla. But Diana was like, seriously, dude? (laughs) Wow. I know. I know that's for Camilla. I know that's not for me. And he was like, no, no, it's fine. So Diana, like, from the start was completely paranoid about Camilla. Like, even though, apparently Camilla was actually very chill. I remember reading this other story that, like, Camilla invited Diana for lunch, like, a lot. (laughs) Mm. Which is weird. Anyway, so, uh, their honeymoon. (laughs) It's not a very honeymoon, because it actually was kind of sucky. So, like I said, they went on their, uh, yacht, and then they ended up going, um, up north. I'm not sure if it was Balmoral or not. It was one of the royal estates, like, uh, up maybe in Scotland. Uh, they actually fought, uh, constantly, but the public did not know that. Um, and there's this footage of them up in Scotland, And they're they're just, like, walking around with, like, these fleet of cameras, like, taking pictures of them. And one of the photographers asked Diana how married life is. And she's like, comes highly recommended. Mm. (laughs) And I was like, no. And actually, her bulimia was actually getting a lot uh, worse. uh, And uh, her depression was down the drain. She thought about cutting herself. I'm not sure if she uh, actually did that. And doctors started pumping her with Antidepressants mm-hmm. to help her, and she she describes it as like one of the worst honeymoons like she could have ever possibly had, and like the doctors weren't really sympathetic. They were like, here's a whole bunch of drugs. I hope this makes you feel better. You you princess of Wales, you have to. Yeah. Um But luckily, in uh, November of nineteen eighty one, the palace announced Diana was pregnant with her first baby. Now mm-hmm. I I saw this picture. There's this famous picture of Diana like nodding off mm-hmm. during a something that she was doing, she might have been watching a performance, Mm -hmm. and, like, two days later, they announced she was pregnant, so she was probably just tired from being pregnant. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) at this pregnancy, her pregnancy with William was so hard, Mm -hmm. like, she was, she already had an eating disorder, Mm -hmm. and she was pregnant at the same time. Um, actually, one day when, I think it was when Diana was in her first trimester, her and Charles got in this terrible fight. Mm -hmm. And they were, like, screaming at each other. And uh, Charles was, like, basically, I'm not sure of his exact words, but he was kind of like, I'm going to go riding until you've calmed down. So he went riding to calm down. And in an effort to get uh, Charles to kind of, like, pay attention to her, uh, she threw herself down the stairs. Aww. And, like, I don't, you, you probably didn't hear about this on the news, but, like, it was huge news, and they were like, oh, it was an accident, it's fine. She, like, tripped, and apparently, I think the queen was there with them, mm-hmm. and uh, she, she kind of, like, found Diana at the bottom of the stairs. She was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. She was, mm-hmm. like, absolutely uh, terrified. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diana was fine, obviously. Mm-hmm. The baby was all fine, because, you know, William is alive and breathing, and he's good. Yeah. Uh, she had a few bruises around her stomach, but other than that, uh, she was fine. Uh, speaking of paparazzi... Um, they wouldn't leave her alone during this pregnancy, like her wedding. It was huge an- anticipation. Diana was, like, so nervous about it. She was There was so much pressure on her, they had to induce her into labor. Because mm-hmm. she was so sick of all the pressure waiting for her to give birth. And on the 21st of June, 1982, Diana gave birth to Prince William at St. Mary's Hospital, which actually makes him the first direct heir to the crown to be born in the hospital. Mm. Which, I didn't, uh, know that. Alright, so... I want to talk about the royal tour to Australia because it was the first tour that Diana and Charles did together. So, in uh, March of 1983, it was actually decided that Diana and Charles would take a royal tour to Australia, and while uh, Diana had actually been uncomfortable by all the attention, there was this part, I think it was before they got married, like, during the engagement period, where she was watching Charles play polo, and she had a panic attack in the middle of it because of all the cameras. There were Like, all you could hear was click, 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 yeah. click. Um... So this is when she started getting a lot more, like, comfortable uh, around cameras, and she actually did something very unconventional for these tours, because she actually brought barely one-year-old Prince William with her on this tour. Now, this was a thing that was not done. Mm. (laughs) Um, Queen Elizabeth went on tons of tours in her early queendom, and she never brought her kids with her. Like, sometimes they'd meet them halfway on the way home, but they never went on tours together and diana like literally refused to leave william behind she was like no (laughs) Mm -hmm. so uh she didn't uh leave him uh, behind on this tour diana's popularity like skyrocketed like if she wasn't popular before she was really popular now um and her fashion actually came out for like the first time like people describe this as one of her most fashionable periods um Uh, speaking of, uh, Diana's popularity, it actually strained her and Charles' relationship, like, as if their relationship wasn't bad enough before it definitely got worse on this, uh, tour. Everyone wanted to see Diana, and no one was there for Charles. (laughs) He had been- uh, Oh, hi dogs. Dogs, (laughs) shh. Sorry. Um, Charles had been in the spotlight from the day he was born, like, he- he'd never gone his entire life without attention. He was Prince of Wales, for God's sakes. Um- And it actually made him quite upset they got in a couple of fights over, like, Diana's popularity, which is, like, stupid because wouldn't you want your wife to be popular? I don't know. Um, at one of the dinner parties, I've seen footage of this, of Diana, no, it was Charles making a speech in front of everyone. And, um, he made a joke that it might have been easier for him to have two wives so one of them could, both of them could go down the sides of the crowd and he could operate the whole thing from the middle. Wow. (laughs) Which, it's actually kind of funny. Diana laughs. I don't know if she actually found it funny. Mm-hmm. But it was... Chances yeah. are slim. It was kind of funny. <laughs> it was a little funny. Yeah. Um, so, after the tour in, uh, mid-1983, Diana actually became pregnant again. She, they even announced it, but, like, a week later, Diana had a miscarriage at Balmoral Castle. I didn't know she had a miscarriage. Oh, I didn't know that either. Uh, I found in a couple of sources, so, you know, she could have all... She almost had three kids. Oh. Um... It's definitely not talked about enough. Like, it, it like I had to do some serious digging to even find out she had a miscarriage uh, during this. But uh, as happenstance, uh, at the start of 1984, the couple announced another pregnancy. And on September fifteenth, nineteen 1984, their second son, Prince Harry, was born. Uh, Charles was not happy about this. He had wanted, he'd wanted two kids. And he was very clear about this. He wanted two kids. And he wanted them to be a girl and a boy like him and his sister, Princess Anne, had been. And, uh, does Charles know how biology works? No, okay, <laughs> I don't think so. Just curious. Um, he, he wanted that, and apparently, according to Diana, she said she knew it was a boy and she didn't want to tell him because, according to her, she they had been the closest they had ever been during the last two weeks before Harry was born. Mm-hmm. They were so close, she didn't want to ruin it. She was so happy about it. And <laughs> Charles even said, Oh my god, he's a boy and he even has red hair. But the thing is the red hair came from her Spencer side, right <laughs> He was not happy about that in in the press he was he was like, "Oh, I don't know what his hair color is, but Diana said he knew the baby had red hair um oh where was I <laughs> and uh Diana also said with the birth of Harry that she believed uh Charles had gone back to his lady, which means he started uh cheating on her with uh Camilla, again, uh, and like I said, her and Charles had gotten close to the last two weeks of the pregnancy, so she was like, I finally got him, he's finally gonna be good to me, and then Harry's birth just kinda, like, threw it all out, like, I wonder if, I wonder if he would've gone back to her if they had had a girl like he'd wanted, mm. or would he have, I don't know. Alright, so, I wanna take a pause from all the drama so far and talk about Diana m- <laughs> as a mother, cause after all, it is Mother's Day. Yeah. Uh, Diana was definitely a rebel, and she was at her most rebellious as a mother. She was a very loving mom, and she loved showing her affection for them. There's this famous photo of her boys running at her and her wanting to give them this big hug, and you just Mm -hmm. didn't see that with royals. Like, there's this footage of, oh, Queen Elizabeth coming back from this, like, six-month tour. She hasn't seen her kids in six months, and she gives this, like, she shakes her son's hand and gives him, like, a little hug, and I'm like, you haven't seen your kid for six months.
1: Although I've heard that um, she was very much that way with her first two children, the queen, and then when she had, what was it, the two boys? Andrew and Edward. Andrew and Edward, that she became sort of this different mom because she kind of had the queen thing down. So she was much more, um, maybe more affectionate and gave more attention. Yeah, I gotta remember, like,
0: Charles and Anne were only, like, I think uh, four and two when uh, Elizabeth became queen. So she didn't Mm -hmm. really have a lot of time for them. I don't really think it's that she didn't love them. It's just that she was very studious and serious and she, yeah. yeah. We'll we'll do Elizabeth one day. I don't Mm -hmm. know if I'm going to wait till she dies (laughs) or if I'm going to do her while she's still alive. Maybe waiting a while yeah she probably <laughs> she probably wait a while um she one of the things she did first as a mother she breastfed her children which was something oh, must have you, been scandalous yeah it was absolutely scandalous queen elizabeth didn't breastfeed her children no women in the royal family before her had ever breastfed their children they had uh wet nurses for that mm-hmm. like but diana was like no i want to breastfeed my children so she did Um, she also picked up and dropped off her kids at school. She chose the school that they went to. Wow. Um, there's pictures of her of, like, trotting off with William in his little Mm -hmm. suit. So
1: cute.
0: Um, normally royal kids were, like, educated at home, like Charles was, and Anne was, and Elizabeth was. Um, she also, uh, taught them activities, like, riding horses. There's this cute little photo of William on his little pony. (laughs) It's so cute. Uh, she also taught them how to play piano. There's this, um, this interview that they did for charity that Diana actually didn't want to do, but they were like, well, if you're not there, no one wants to see Charles. They want you. Mm-hmm. So she did it. And there's this little Harry. He's like a year old. And William are like banging on the piano. And it's, it's so cute. Uh, they weren't very good at piano, but Diana liked teaching the piano. Uh, she also took them to McDonald's. And showed them how to politely ask for burgers and how to order and how to stand in line and wait for their food. Uh, I, I also think, <coughs> sorry, water. <laughs> I also think the boys did soccer, like, public soccer with, like, other kids. <laughs> which is, uh, also weird. And she also liked to teach her boys that they were not special so that they wouldn't get inflated eagle, egos. Sorry, I said eagles. <laughs> <laughs> um uh which i really think kept her boys humble and thank god for it uh because i don't think harry and william would be as well rounded as they are today if it weren't for their completely average uh mother. Yes. Uh royals before this had all had lonely childhoods like they barely ever saw their parents and like it was kind of like more of a professional relationship with your parents which is weird. Uh you probably could have made bank as a psychologist to most of these people. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Alright, so I want to talk about uh, Diana's uh, charity work. Uh, she did a lot of it. Uh, rules of course, are expected to do charity work, because, you know, they have all this money. If they didn't do charity work, it would probably be like the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Diana did it, it was different. It felt more genuine. She, this is where she ended up getting the name the People's Princess. She supported a ton of charities, including uh, the stigma against leprosy. Uh, She made tens of visits to homeless shelters with her boys to obviously keep them humble, like I said. Uh, She comforted people in hospitals uh, in the, I think it was 1995, this was like after her divorce. She was an advocate for banning landmines and like, because there was, oh, what country was it? It might have been Vietnam after the Vietnam War. There were like, there's thousands of landmines in the ground that no one knows where they are and like, their kids every day getting blown up by landmines that they don't know are there. And Diana walked out onto an active minefield. Wow. And uh, her son William actually continued this. He's an advocate for uh, the removal of landmines because there's still billions of landmines all throughout the country. And he, like his mother, walked out onto an active minefield by himself. Wow. Um, where was I? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but one of my favorite piece of charity work that she did was her involvement with the AIDS crisis in the mid-1980s. Fear of AIDS was high. I don't know if you remember the AIDS crisis, because from what I'm hearing about it, it was really bad. They called it gay cancer, Mm -hmm. which is, like, disgusting and uh, gross, and people were, like, pretty sure, even though they had no proof of exactly how it spread, even though we know today it's spread through sexual contact, Mm -hmm. uh, people thought if you even touched someone with AIDS, you would die. But uh, in 1987, Dinah was actually invited to the opening of the hospital for the treatment of AIDS, and the press were, like, all over it. They're like, oh, my God, is she going to put gloves on before she touches any of the patients? Mm. But she hugged and shook hands with all the people at the hospital, and uh, I remember her uh, saying that she was like, it's okay, you can touch them. They give them a hug. God knows they need it. Mm. And it was just really sweet. It's definitely my favorite. A uh, piece of uh, charity work that she's done is definitely one of the most influential things she has ever done. Alright, time to get to the grand show, guys. Final breakdown of Charles and Diana's marriage. So, uh, by the early 90s, Diana's marriage had progressively gotten far worse and worse. Um, one of the last tours they actually did together as, like, a married couple was in Korea, and a lot, like, you could tell that they hated each other. Like, at this point, the public had kind of caught on to the fact that they didn't really like each other all too much, and they actually nicknamed this tour the Glum Tour, because, like, there's this photo of them in Korea with Charles looking one way and Diana looking the other way, and they call it the divorce picture, because, like, they look separate. They... They hate each other. Uh, At this point, they couldn't stand to be in the same room. Um, And actually, uh, Diana's father died this same year, I believe. Uh, So, and Charles wasn't really all that sympathetic about it. Uh, So that made it. even worse. Charles was in love with Camilla, Diana knew it. She actually, one time at a dinner party, I believe like two years before this, in like 1989, she straight up confronted Camilla. She was like, I know what's going on, stop lying to me. Um, sorry, and she also, uh, she did this interview, I think it was, like, during her separation period with Charles, uh, she famously said, it was a bit crowded having three people in a marriage. I
1: remember hearing
0: that. Yeah, that's, that's a good line, good job, Diana. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and at this point, Diana had actually started her own extramarital affair, she's like, if I'm not getting any love here, then I'm just, I'm gonna start cheating, too, because, like, what? Um... There, there was this guy, oh god, I forget his name, that she cheated on Charles with. Anyway, Prince Philip and uh, Queen Elizabeth really tried to get them to reconcile. They, they like, basically, like, sat them in cor- in a corner and was like, work this out! <laughs> it didn't work. Uh, right after this transcripts of phone calls were leaked of both Charles and Diana talking to other people. Um, <laughs> there's this, oh, I feel so bad about talking about this for Charles. There's a transcript on the part of him and Camilla talking. And Charles said he'd like to be Camilla's tampon. Oh, my God. It's so gross. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's so disgusting. I don't remember the full quote. I don't want to talk about it. No, move on. Charles, you're so weird. And uh, Diana's transcripts were her talking to that guy that she was... uh, cheating on Charles with. Uh, it looked bad for both of them. Like, it wasn't just all on Charles for this, because Diana was cheating too. Like, it was bad for both of them. Uh, the proceedings for their divorce were announced at the end of 19- two, 1992 and was officially finalized in 1996. Uh, Diana was given a lump sum payment from the royal family and a pension of, uh, $400,000 a year. Now, this lump sum was $17 million, so she was doing great. <laughs> mm. Um, actually, one of the things that I already told you about this, but, uh, one of the things I actually read from this time period was that, uh, Diana and Prince Philip actually got in, like, this, like, fight, like, over her, like, uh, cheating on Charles, and Philip was like, uh, you better, uh, behave, young lady, or we'll take your title away. And, uh, Diana was like, well, my title is a lot older than yours, Philip. (laughs) Mic drop. Which is is true. Princess of Wales title has been around since the 1300s. Prince consort has only existed a few times in history with, like, uh, Queen Victoria's husband, Prince Albert. And I don't know if Queen Anne's husband was a prince consort, too, but he might have been. So it's only existed since, like, the 1700s, maybe. So (laughs) she was right. Um... So, also, like I said, with, uh, her title, uh, it actually did get taken away. Her The title of Your Royal Highness, uh, was taken away from her at the insistence of Charles. Uh, the Queen was actually perfectly fine with Diana t- keeping the title of Your Royal Highness, but Charles was like, no, we're taking it away from her. Mm. Um, and William actually told her, I think it would have been about... Mm, he would have been, a, like, a young teenager mm-hmm. at this point. He was like, don't worry, mummy. When I am king, I will give you back your title. No. And, uh, well, we all know how that went. Um, okay, so after Diana's divorce, she got a lot more freedom than she'd ever had in the last decade and a half. Uh, she traveled the world, but she also always made time to come back and see her boys. Uh, she, her official residence, I believe, was um, Kensington Palace. So that was the place, like, she'd come back to uh, with her uh, boys. Uh, but she also started dating a lot of people. Uh, she dated a Pakistani heart surgeon. Uh, I-, I used to believe he was also half British. Mm-hmm. Um, it was named, I'm so sorry, Pakistani people, I'm going to butcher this name. Uh, Net Khan, um, apparently he was the love of Diana's life. Uh, according to her best friend, she called him Mr. Wonderful. Um, mm. uh, but they did unfortunately break up in early 1997, and after this she got together with, uh, Dodi Fayed who was actually the, he was like the son and heir of this, like, really rich Egyptian guy. I, I'm not quite sure what his father did, but he was very rich. And, uh, they spent all that time together. Actually, di- Dodi Fayed's father actually bought a yacht for Diana and her sons, because wow. Diana wanted to bring William and Harry to meet Dodie, Doty, mm-hmm. um, but the royal family was like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that never happened, but she, there's a lot of great pictures of her from this time, because the press still didn't leave her alone. Yeah. Uh, after this, there's this one of, like, her, like, sitting on the diving board of that same yacht. Um... During that summer in 1987, she was invited to go to Paris with him and, uh, see his family. I believe, like, some of his friends and family, uh, were there at the time. Originally, Diana was actually supposed to go on a trip, I believe, to, like, Florida with her sons, but the royal family was like, no, you're not doing that. You're not allowed to take them. Alright, so, let's get to the sad part, everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, Diana's unfortunate passing on, uh, August 31st, 1997, uh, Diana and her boyfriend left the Ritz Hotel in Paris, and they got chased by paparazzi into a tunnel, uh, where they crashed into a pillar, and I don't remember the name, I probably should have, god, why am I so badly researched? I don't remember the name of the tunnel. They crashed in a tunnel, uh, Dodi Fayad and the driver died on the spot, however, Diana was still alive, uh, when they, uh, got to her, but she did die in hospital. Uh, both the paparazzi and Diana's drunk driver were blamed for the crash. However, conspiracy theories still exist and they were circulating at the time that uh, the royal family ordered her death, uh, which only... Was, this uh, conspiracy theory was only heightened by the fact that the Queen's uh, delayed reaction to Diana's death. Um, I don't believe these conspiracy theories. What? How do you feel about
1: them? Yeah, I don't think so. I think... I think, perhaps, the paparazzi and the fact that he was drunk, the driver. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't...
0: Yeah, apparently, the the conspiracy theory goes that the reason they would have wanted her dead at all was apparently Diana was pregnant with Dodi's, uh kid and that they were gonna get married, and they were like, No! We can't have that happen, so apparently that's why people say uh they killed her, but I don't believe that. I feel like... I feel like... I read this thing about Queen Elizabeth that she really considered Diana to be a daughter. Like, she really did like Diana, and I'm gonna take the Queen's word for this, Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna say that she did like Diana. I don't really think she want, would have wanted to kill her. I mean, maybe Prince Philip. Prince Philip didn't really like her all that much, but I doubt he'd be that bold. Yeah. Um, anyway, so after her death, uh, Charles uh, traveled to Paris to accompany Diana's remains home, which I guess is kind of sweet of him. Yeah. Uh, Diana's funeral was held at Westminster Abbey. They actually used, uh, so the the queen's mother, uh, the queen mother, Queen Elizabeth, she was in, like, her ninety, She was really old at this point, and, like, like the Queen now, her funeral has, like, a... They're all ready for her funeral, and at that time, they expected her to die any minute, cause she was, like, 97. Uh, so they actually used um, the Queen Mother's, like, funeral preparations, because they weren't ready for Diana's death. They didn't mm. have anything prepped for her, so they used uh, the Queen Mother's funeral uh, procession idea for <laughs> Diana. Oh, wow. Um... It was on the 6th of September and was attended by 2,000 people and watched worldwide by 32 million people. Now you said you uh, remember her uh, death. Do you remember watching her funeral on TV? I believe I did, yes. How did you feel about that?
1: Oh, watching the boys walk at the end of the procession at such a young age. Um, yeah, they were was, like
0: 15 and 13. Yeah,
1: that was heartbreaking.
0: And actually, um, I read that William actually insisted he walked behind his, mm. uh, mother's, uh, coffin with his brother, mm-hmm. and Harry, uh, also recently talked about how it scarred him for, uh, life-walking behind oh, yeah. his, uh, mother's, uh, casket. Um, uh, other people who walked by her casket was also, uh, Prince Charles and, um, Diana's brother, uh, Earl Spencer. Um at the funeral Elton John actually performed a rewritten version of Candle in the Wind for her that he hasn't performed since. Actually, Diana was friends with like a lot of rock stars. Like her and Elton John were like uh good friends. Actually, her and Freddie Mercury were also very good friends. Uh, there's this story I'm not quite sure if it's true, but it uh, seems like, it was uh, back in the, uh, I think it was, like, the 80s when she was... It was either during her engagement period or just after the wedding. Uh, she was hanging out with Freddie Mercury. And Diana was like, I want to go out with you guys. and Because they were going out. But they're like, we can't take you anywhere. Cameras will follow you everywhere. So Freddie's like, I've got an idea. So they dressed her up as a man. Because, you know, Diana had really short hair already. So, like, she could pass. And they dressed her up in this, like... Mod like, gay fashion, mm-hmm. I guess, for the time period, and they went out, but they only stayed out for, like, maybe half an hour, because they were terrified that mm-hmm. paparazzi was gonna come, so, um, if, I'm sure if, was Freddie dead by this point? I'm pretty sure he was. It was 19, when did he die? Oh, yeah, um, yeah,
1: that's a good question.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure if Freddie had still been alive, he definitely would have attended Diane's funeral. Yeah, no, funeral.
1: Was, he had passed on before her funeral, I would say.
0: Uh, yeah, so, and after this, uh, D- Diana's, uh, Diana's brother actually spoke a very lovely speech at her funeral he talked about, uh, well, Diana's obviously the name of the goddess of the hunt, and he said it was ironic that a woman named after the goddess of hunting was the most hunted woman in the world, and mm-hmm. he definitely condemned the paparazzi in his speech, saying, kind of, it was like, it's your fault. Yeah. Um, after this, uh, Diana got a private burial. Uh, She was buried in an island, actually, on the Elthorpe estate. Like, you can see it. Like, there's this, like, big lake so, like, no one can get to. And you can see if you just, like, peek, like, the... What is it called? Like, a like Mausoleum? Mausoleum. That's the word. She's kind of got that on the island. You can kind of see her grave from there. Mm -hmm. Like, people go to Elthorpe, like, tons during the year to visit her burial site. For some reason, I thought she was buried in Westminster Abbey with, like, a Mm -hmm. whole bunch of other worlds. But she was buried at Elthorpe. All right, so uh, let's talk about uh, Diana's legacy. Diana was a modern kind of royal who gave the world a relatable princess, someone who was kind and caring. Uh, She changed how the royal family operated. Uh, Diana's sons continue her legacy today by doing her charity work and raising their children with all the opportunities that their mother gave them. Like when William, I remember uh, just after uh, George was born, they brought George on a family tour and it was one of the first times that Aurora had done that since Diana. Mm. I remember when they came I was so excited I wanted to go see them so bad but they weren't coming anywhere near us. so I was like no! <laughs> and they also brought uh, Charlotte on a tour. I don't know if they've done one with uh, Louis yet but I'm I don't think so. sure when Corona's over they'll <laughs> probably take Louis on a tour. Um, well that's the end of uh, Diana's life. Thank you mom so much for uh, joining me on this story um well, thank you for having me
1: um i think very appropriate subject matter using uh diana um being you know she was such a great mom and it being mother's day very good subject choice
0: oh my thank you mm-hmm. i hope to have you uh on the podcast some other time if it's uh convenient <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for listening uh happy mother's day Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you wanted to hear about a certain lady, just DM me on Twitter at Long May She Rain 2. And remember, Long May She Rain. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye!